amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Dead man walking. You've done it now. You've done it in a big mistake. And I can't allow you to think you can just walk away. So turn around and face the piper you're gonna pay. Cause the end is now. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Big Dog Yard. The yard is open and I'm off my leash. Uh, first of all, I want to say um, good to be back. Um, you know, our plan is always to to do this every week or so, but, you know, our plans and God's plans don't always match up. And sometimes life gets in the way, but... Um, Good to be talking to you again. It is Easter weekend. The Friday was yesterday. Easter Sunday is tomorrow, so we know there's going to be a lot of people at church who we never see um, come three or four days a year. Everybody dressed up in their Sunday best, their brand new outfits on, which has nothing to do with Jesus. We'll get to the topic in a minute, but I wanted to make a uh, Quick comment about an incident you know we heard about a few weeks ago. Moment um, when the news came out that Monet Davis was going to um, Disney was going to do a movie about her, and then the baseball player from Bloomsburg tweeted, you know, basically he's like he's sick of seeing her and called this child a slut. And his tweet was systematically removed from the team. And, of course, Monet Davis, you know, being the type of child she is, took the high road and said she forgave him, asked the school not to punish him. And um, she's better, you know, better person than me. But, um, you know, I think it speaks to several issues. And I guess I wanted to do a whole show on that, but that, you know, that news cycle has kind of passed, and I don't necessarily want to get too deep into that um, today. But, we should all be concerned that this that this guy, who's a college student, he's not a kid anymore. He's a college, he's a junior, I believe. And even if he was a freshman, he's not a little kid. This guy, this white man, called this little black girl a slut for no reason. I mean, even if she was, I mean, she's a child, okay? You don't know her, you know nothing about her, but that's how he decided to describe this little black child. So we... We as a as a black as a black community, we as, a, as an American community, I don't care what color you are, we should be outraged that this man felt the need to call this little black child, this little female black girl, a slut. All right, you don't want to see her on TV. I'm sure there are people. You get tired of seeing people on TV. I mean, I got at one point I got tired of hearing Miley Cyrus's name like every day. Like I don't care if she wrecking ball and I don't care what she doing. I got tired of hearing her name. Some people I know. In my house, you know, we like we love Taylor Swift, 
And it, but there was a period of time I got tired of hearing her name. It was like every time I turned around, she was on the news, she was on an award show, a new song was coming out, and I was like, oh my goodness, like can she take a break? And then she did, and then she came back. So, you know, you get tired of seeing people on the news or on TV. And but you know, this dude went a little too far. No, he went too far. He got a little too far. He went too far. Jealousy clearly has something to do with it. You know, I mean, dude, you're in Division Two, Bloomsburg, playing baseball. You may make it to the majors and you may not, you know, but nobody's really paying any attention to you. I mean, I mean, let's face it, the greatest thing that came out of Bloomsburg that I that I know of was Jerry Evans, you know, of the New Orleans Saints, Super Bowl champion that I, you know, have known for some years. We go to the same church. So we went to the same church. So, you know, Monet Davis more than likely, you know, we don't know how long her fame is going to last. I mean, you know, Next year, Taney Dragon, she may not, you know, she may not even be eligible to play. We, she says basketball is actually her best sport. So, you know, we may not hear about her for some time, and then all of a sudden she'll be playing for UConn or somebody. But the fact that he called her a select should bother everybody um, because it speaks to several issues, including the disrespect of our, of our young women, uh, black and white and the, the over-sexualization of, of our young women to call a 13-year-old girl a slut. I mean, that's, I mean, there are a lot of words he could have used. I mean, anything, you know, chick, whatever, you know. But he went, he went, he went out, on, he went way left, and, you know, people are talking about free speech and everything. And he, again, that's, I mean, that's the show I think I'm going to have to do next, uh, freedom of speech and, <clears throat> but that actually means so. I'm glad Monet, you know, wasn't harmed, you know, as much as she could have been by this incident. She took the high road, and I'm glad that um, she's moving forward. Now, today's topic: self-destruction. Those of y'all from that, from my era, you understand where I went with that. Anyway, just because I'm a Christian does not mean you are going to walk all over me. So why is my chain rattled about this? Well, you know, this is not a new thing for me. I've been a, I've been a Christian for several, for many 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 years, and I have struggled with reconciling how to treat people well in the midst of being mistreated. Now we all do that. I mean, Jesus had to do it, and believe me, I'm not even close to being on Jesus's level. So I'm not suggesting that, you know. If Jesus, you know, if Jesus could do it, I could do it. I'm not even close. I try to do it every day. I mean, you know, the golden rule, you know, the paraphrase is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, you treat people the way you want people to treat you. If you want to be, you know, you be honest with people if you want people to be honest with you. You, you know, you're sensitive to people's needs if you want them to be sensitive to yours. You, you know, you, you're empathetic to things they're going through if you want them to show you empathy, and so on and so on. You respect people for who they are and their opinions and things like that. You don't have to agree with everybody, but you can respect what they're saying and have a, a meaningful dialogue without, you know, going far left. So why does all this matter? Well, like I said, it's, it's something I've struggled with for years. And over the last two or three years, it's really been an issue for me because it seems that, you know, the incidents – I guess if that's what you want to call them, continue to happen from people that I 
don't expect it from. I mean, that's that's the thing with, and I don't want to use the word betrayal because, you know, really, I don't know if it rises to that level, but if you think about it, someone attacking you, your character or attacking, you know, just coming at you with, with all this, you know, anger and, and just coming at you basically, you know, again, attacking you, not physically, but, you know, attacking what you're saying, what you're thinking, or responding to an inquiry or responding to general conversation from you with anger and whatever becomes an attack, that usually comes from somebody you know. And betrayal can only come from somebody you know. A stranger can't betray you because they don't know you. They don't know you well enough to betray you. They can't betray your trust because you haven't developed any trust. So most of these things that have been bothering me have been coming from people that I know. And I've been trying to not, you know, have a flashback because I wasn't always a Christian. Now, granted, I've been, I got baptized when I was young, I was about 14. Now, it didn't mean as much, it didn't seem, I didn't realize what my commitment was until I got older, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I understood what baptism was, I understood what it meant. But I didn't understand, you know, the ramifications as far as my behavior, things like that, as, until you know, I studied more and got older, as you do with a lot of things. So, you know, I've had periods of time in my life where, you know, I certainly wasn't doing acting like a Christian. I know that. Um, especially, you know, time in college, things like that. I've said things out of my mouth, you know, probably done some things that, that would definitely not be considered Christian-like. So I'm not putting myself on a pedestal and then like that, but I'll you know, but people's reaction to things that I may have said or may have done, I felt, you know, they were probably justified. So what I'm what I'm the crux of what I'm trying to get to is as a Christian, how do we deal with, you know, the attacks from people? Because there's only so many times I can turn the other cheek. I'm not again, I'm not talking about physical attacks. Not, I mean I'm not I'm I I mean I can't see me standing there letting somebody actually hit me. You know, I walk away. I've had people push me and bump into me on purpose and things and try to start stuff, and I've walked away. And often I'm bigger than that person, or, you know, a lot of times I probably would have no problem defending myself, but rather than let the situation escalate, I have walked away. But a conversation is something different. When you are having a conversation or you're having a meeting or a discussion and there's an opposing point of view and somebody literally is just coming at you like, you know, like, A, you don't have any sense, and B, you know, they're basically letting you know that they're not going to take this and you're not going to talk to them any other kind of way, even though all you said was this is what's happening. You know, if I say to you, um, you know, today is Saturday, which it is, and then suddenly, you you know, you're not going to tell me what day it is. Okay, you're just acting crazy. I didn't say, yo, it's Saturday, idiot, or it's Saturday. You don't know what you want on a calendar? No, I just said, yo, today is Saturday, right? No, I mean, you know, so those are the, those type of things. And that's the most recent example. I mean, I got, believe me, I got others. But, you know, recently at my at my new job, which I love, by the way. I'm enjoying my new job. I mean, I've had some, the last couple of weeks I've been a little trying. I ain't going to lie. But it's been I like my new job. I like, for the most part, I like the surroundings. Um, you know, no job is perfect, but I enjoy it 
Um, and I believe it can be a great place to, to work and be for some time. But, you know, we had a meeting with my particular department, and I made a statement um, to one of the young ladies in the, in the department, and she went way left with it. And suddenly, you know, suddenly it was, you know, she's not going to sit there and be disrespected and this, that, and everything, you know, and she's raising her voice. And then, and I'm sitting back like, yo, like, first of all, nobody said nothing to you like that. Second of all, how is it you can sit there and say you won't be disrespected and reciprocate with so-called, you know, with disrespect when all I said was something you just didn't agree with, you know, and, you know, for the most part, I kept my mouth shut the rest of the meeting. And I'm sitting there like, you know, I could I could pop off if I really wanted to. Like, I could just let her have it. You know, and there's things that, because, you know, she likes to get personal when she, when she gets upset and she likes to bring in personal stuff. And I could do the same. But I'm like, that's not who I am. And, again, I'm trying to treat her the way I would hope to be treated. But over the last couple of years, I have found that the people that I know and, and, and even other so-called Christians do not treat you how you would like to be treated when you're treating them the same way. You know, again, another work example at in my previous spot, there was a period of time where I did not have a vehicle. And for my job, we need a vehicle. We do home visits, we do a lot of traveling. And, you know, at some point my vehicle was not accessible, wasn't working, whatever, whatever. So I went to my partner, who I work with, you know, closely, you know, we used to do home, we did visits together all the time. This is when we both had a vehicle, and he just loved to drive. So he'd be like, yo, let's go do some visits. So we'd be like nine, ten visits in one day. Cool. So my van goes down, my vehicle is down, so I come to him and I say, listen, I know, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get a car, just that another thing. Since we got a lot of visits in the same area, can we coordinate schedules and we'll just do visits? You know, I said, I'll hook you up with some gas money. Just that another thing, you know. Now, two things you need to be aware of. One, at the time where I was living at home, I lived literally five minutes away from him. Like he had to pass my house where I live. He had to pass the block that leads to my that led to my block um, that ran uh, perpendicular or that intersected my block. I'm sorry. He had to pass that street to get to work. So, you know, occasionally I would ask him, you know, can you swing by and get me for court or that, you know, like I ain't not catching the train to work to the office, but to get to court, I want to make sure I was there on time. And he was an older dude, so, you know, older dudes always try to be early. So I'm like, can you swing by and get me? And he was like, well, you know, the gas. I'm like, wait, how are you using any extra gas when you come in toward my house? I'm just like, I'll meet you at the bus stop. We'll jump in the car. I jump in the car. We go into the same spot, right? So that became an issue. Then, you know, some days when it was like, well, I, you know, I can drop you off at home, but I'm like, you know, after a while, I just stop at, you know, I was just like, it's whatever. But the home visit situation, like I said, you know, he would come back from being out and be like, you know, he would talk about the four or five or six places he went. And then I would look at my list and be like, oh, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you went to this block, and I had a, a house like two blocks over. You know, not on the number street, but like he'd be on 26 and let's say 26 and Lehigh, and I had a family on 29th and Lehigh, and then he would be on you know Dolphin Street, and then like the 2600 block of Dolphin, and I had a family on the 
2300 block of Like, it was that close. Like, nothing was, like, out of rent. I had one family that was really out of, you know, two families who was, you know, far from the job, and those I arranged to take care of myself. You know, I borrowed my boy from church's car who was truly a good brother, truly a Christian. And, you know, actually, you know, despite the fact that we didn't really have the money, I was renting a car a lot. So it was what it was, right? But basically it was like if the situation had been reversed, it wouldn't have been an issue for me because I would have felt like I'm helping out my brother. I would have been like I'm doing what, you know, I want to make sure that, that he's able to get his job done, continue to do what he has to do. There were periods of time where he had helped me out with different things. Sometimes it's just a little thing, but I would have been fine with scooping him up in the morning. You know, we go to work, you know, we do the visits, push them to shove, you know, we want to bring you home, you know, if I ain't got a late visit, cool. And I didn't have a lot of late visits, you know. So I would have I would have had no problem with that. In fact, at one point, I'm sure I discussed this one time, at some point, his vehicle, when we both had a vehicle, his vehicle was, was down for a week, and I picked him up every single day. So I would go get him, and this is when I was taking my daughter to school, so I would get him, drive the opposite direction, pick him up, come back, take my daughter to school, and then me and him would go. A couple times I had to take my wife to work and then take me and him to work, and then I was bringing him home but and doing visits, but none of that meant anything to me. I was just like, you know, this is my brother. I'm going to help him. But when the time came to be like, you know, let me help out my brother, it, you know, it was, oh, I can't, this, that, and everything. And, you know, it became, it was it was painful for me. You know, because, I mean, this dude, I really thought me and this dude was close. So, like, now, even when we see each other now, he's like, yo, give me a call or whatever, and I'm going to be honest with you. I have no desire to talk to him. I really don't. Because, you know, you, you basically let me know that you are a fair-weather friend, and you're a deacon in your church and this, that, and the other thing. You keep trying to get me to come to these men's breakfasts at your church, you know, every you know every first Saturday or whatever. But I feel like you're a hypocrite. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I make all kinds of mistakes. I do stuff that I know I shouldn't do. You know, I say things that, you know, could probably be considered a sin. I think things that are probably a sin. I'm sure I do things that are considered a sin. But the one thing I try to, to ever do is not help somebody when I can be of help. Now, sometimes you just can't. And if you can't, you can't. But if somebody needs your help and you're able to help, I don't understand. You know what I mean? So then as a Christian, you know, what do you say? Like, I, when I, last time I saw him, because we, 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 where I work at now, we do run into each other occasionally because we work in, he doesn't work where we used to work. I don't work where we used to work, but we occasionally run into each other. And the last time we saw each other, he was like, you know, give me a call. This, that, another thing. I, you know, my, my earthly mind, you know, the, 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 the human part of me wanted to just be like, that's what, you know, that's what I call you for. What you going to tell me? You going to invite me to another men's breakfast? So what? What you going to tell me? We don't have anything to talk about. Like, we really don't. Because you made it clear to me that when, that you don't mind helping out when it's, you know, and I'm not saying, again, it's not his place, but that's not the point. We help people that we can help for as long as we can or as much as we can. You know, we do the best we can. And if we're not, I mean, but not being willing is something totally different. That's, 
it's one thing to be like, all right, listen, I've been helping you. I've been, you know, we've been doing this for a couple months. Yo, I can't, I really can't do it no more. Okay, you've been helping me though, so cool. You did what you could do for as long as you could do it. But the base would just be like, you know, you on your own. And then to come to me and be like, you know, so how you making out? How you think I'm making out, dog? How you think I'm making out? And yet I was always the one with my paperwork straight. All my visits are done. I don't have a car, but all my visits are done. Y'all struggling to get y'all done. You know, you know, God worked it out for me to, to be to have help from my true brother. So I don't know how other Christians deal. I'm curious how other Christians deal with you know, how people when people come up because is it, you know, sometimes you listen, when you wrong, you wrong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a difference between, you know, there's a difference between if, you know, if I had said something out of pocket, I would have understood any kind of reaction because, you know, I deserve that. But when you simply are making a statement of fact, which is what I did, and then, you know, you have somebody just come at you, and then it's like, and in front of people, like, we're in a meeting, so she's doing this in front of people, and I'm like, all right, so you not only are being disrespectful, but you're also trying to embarrass me and letting other people think it'll be okay because, see, the people we were meeting with, one of the people, you know, was our supervisor who was a previous supervisor, so he knows me. My other partner that I work with, he knows me. But the other two ladies, the new, they're new. So they don't know me at all. But now, you, you know, you're kind of putting it on the table that it's okay to blow up at me, and I'm going to sit there and let you. And, you know, again, my head is like, look, I'm a grown man, but you know what? I don't argue with women. Let me call my wife and have her come talk to you. Let me call my sister, you know, or, you know, one of the other, one of my cousins, somebody, another female, they don't have no problem getting all up in the female's face and just be like, yo, let me tell you what this chick said to me and just step back and let, you know, let the chips fall where they may. That's the human side. The Christian in me sat there and took it. But I know me and I know I have a breaking point. And then I got to start over again, you know, the like, the pressure builds up. You got to relieve that pressure, or there's going to be, or like a volcano. And that's what I've been describing. I'm like a volcano. I'm dormant for a long time, and underneath the pressure is building. The pressure is building. The pressure is building, and eventually there is an eruption. And a lot of times, with an eruption, the lava just comes out, and all kinds of stuff gets destroyed. Stuff close to the volcano, and stuff you know all the way down at the bottom because the lava just spilling out. And then eventually the eruption stops and it, it cools and then it might not erupt again for years. There's some volcanoes that erupt like once every hundred years or something. And I you know, I I really see myself as that type of natural disaster, so to speak. I don't erupt all the time. I get angry and I try not to. You know, I talked about my, my, my anger issues in the past from being, you know, from, from things that went on in my childhood. So I talked about that. So I do my best not to get angry. But when I do get angry, I find myself, again, I hold my tongue. I don't say the things that I know I could say because it's not going to help anything. You know, I don't I don't try to hurt people's feelings. I don't, I don't make the threats and all the stuff that other people do. But I know eventually it's going to boil over. You know, there will be an eruption, and then I'm going to come for somebody next, and then I'm going to be the bad guy. So that's the thing. That's the thing with, with, with people who like to come at people like, you know, people like me, whether 
they're coming at other Christians or just coming at people whose personality trait is to not create a scene is that when you finally have had enough and you finally say something, now you're the bad guy. You become Tony Montana, right? Look at the bad guy. That's what you become. You become the bad guy because usually when it happens, it's not in private. Like she tried to embarrass me in public, in front of people. So when the explosion comes, when the eruption comes, it's going to come in front of somebody. And then she's going to feel some kind of way. And I'm, you know, I'm going to feel some kind of way because that's not, again, I'm doing my best not to be there. As a Christian, you know, I'm still trying to aspire to be like Christ. I'm not there yet. But I'm also, you know, but as a man, I'm not going to sit and just let people say and do whatever they want. You're not going to walk all over me. You're not going to treat me like a doormat because you know what I'm trying to do with my life. You know who I'm trying to represent. You know that I'm trying to exude Christ-like behavior. You know I'm trying to live by the golden rule. You know that. And so you take advantage of that. For me, again, this is me. For me, that's of the devil. To see Somebody, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking about like basketball. You know, sports is one thing. You know, take advantage of, you know, weakness. That's sports. Hey, whatever. That's a whole nother, another, another conversation. But if you're, you know, in a person, when you're dealing with people, specific people on a regular basis, but you know that that person has, call it a weakness if you want to, but or call it, you know, whatever you want to, when you decide you have an advantage, and you decide to exploit that advantage routinely, especially when it's of their character. They're trying to exude a good character, and you decide to use that against them by mistreating them because you know that the reaction is not going to be what you would normally get from somebody else. That is of the devil. It's like you're you're using their Christianity against them. You're using their love for Christ against them and often professing it yourself. But remember, the devil was an angel. So to 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 you know, many have drawn nigh unto him with their with their lips, but their hearts are far removed from him. So so someone can profess Jesus all they want, and still come at you with the devil on their heart. So you know, I'm a, I'm I'm I, I see I have to be a lot more scrutinizing when I deal with people. I mean I do that anyway. But see, I, I again, I try to surround myself with positive people, with other Christians. And if you're not a Christian, I still, you know, positive people. I'm not that type of. I'm not that type of Christian that's like, well, I can only hang out with Christians because, like I already just said, not all Christians are the type of people you want to hang out with. Despite them going to church, going to church don't make you a Christian. But I see, I have to be more discerning and more. I got to. I have to. Do what I what I don't want to do, which is pick people apart. Almost, you know, every little thing they say, I gotta listen more. I mean, I listen to what people say anyway. Everybody says me, you don't talk because I'm always listening. But see, now I have to listen and go deep and know what does she mean by it. And I hate doing that. I mean, that that drives me crazy. But that's a lot of work. But you know what? Sometimes you have to remove yourself from situations before they get out of hand. 
or put that shield up. Like, I got to be able to say to certain people, this is as far as I'm going to let you go because you can't hurt me if I don't let you in, you know, to a certain, past a certain point. And a lot of times we invite the enemy in without even realizing it. And that has to be something that I have to be mindful of is inviting the enemy in in the name of trying to be a good Christian. Even as a Christian, you have to recognize the enemy and put your defenses up and be and, and be girded, you know, with the whole armor of God. Because the devil don't always look like the devil. That's that's why he's able to do everything he's able to do, because he's able to trick everybody. So, you know, <clears throat> is it okay for a Christian to stand up for themselves? I believe so, because I know Christ stood up for his father, especially when he went to the temple and he saw what they were doing at the temple, and he turned over the, the tables and he drove the animals out, and he was angry. He stood up for what he believed in. So I believe that we should do the same. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the physical stuff. So that's about all the time I got. You know, I really, honestly, I didn't think it would take me the whole show. But, you know, this was something that bothered me to no end. And, you know, perhaps I'll have to revisit it maybe with a, a special guest or somebody in the future. But thank you for spending a little bit of time with me. Um, for my Christian brothers, happy brothers and sisters, happy Resurrection Sunday for tomorrow. And I hope you have a good week. Take care of one another, love one another. The yard is closed. We shut my gate on the way out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.